school, if you are ready and you are excited to be here, I need to hear you. My goodness. I think it was um, Ainsley. Is Ainsley in here? Yes. Okay, so I want to give some credit to Ainsley real quick. She put that video together for us. She filmed, like, the entire thing. I think it was, like, you, James Estelle, who put that together in, like, the same day. It was. Can we give her a hand? She is incredible. Oh, my goodness. Well, hey, if we have not met before, my name is Bryce Holdman. A lot of people around here call me Spicy Brycey. And, hey, James. <laughs> and I have no idea why they call me that except for the fact that I made it up myself. Um, so that's probably why. But I'm the middle school coordinator here, so I love hanging out with you high schoolers. Um, you, you guys are awesome. M- middle schoolers, they're, they're crazy. Um, and they, they just make too much noise. And so what I want you to do right now, I need everybody to stand up right where you are. Now, I'm going to tell you what I did with middle school first that we're not going to do, and I'm going to tell you what, we, what we're going to do, okay? So what I did on Wednesday was I said, okay, I need you to find 20 people, and I need you to scream as loud as you can in their face. And then I had to go to an ear doctor, just like everyone else in the room, and get that sorted out, because that was nonsense. So what I need you to do is I need everybody to take out their phones just like this. Do it. Just take out your phones, Okay. <laughs> And what I need you to do is I need you to find 20 people, okay? But this time, I need you to take a selfie with them. Now, this could be one person, or this could be a total of 20 people in one picture. Take a selfie, and if you so desire, post that selfie on your story on Instagram or on Snapchat and tag Mount Horrib students in it. Ready, go. Just find 20 people right now. It could be leaders. It could be me, James Stout. Stout's not here. RIP. It could be some of the volunteers in the back. I'm going to come down here. If anybody wants to make me feel good, they can take a picture with me. Yes, Kyle got one. I got to get in one. I got to get in one. Yes. I got to get one over here. That's awesome. Hi, girl. Nice. Okay, it has to be 20 people. If it's less than 20 people, we're going to have to ask you to leave. So just go ahead and and find 20. What? It's like toll room. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. All right. Once you found 20 people, I need you to go ahead and find your way back to your seat. If you want to steal somebody's seat, that's totally fine too. You can do whatever your, your heart desires, as a Disney movie says. Okay. Well, as James said, we are kicking programming back off, as we did last Sunday for our programming kickoff. The man brought the house down. He killed it with his message on Better Together. And tonight, as you can see in the corner of the screen, and maybe on some of the merchandise, maybe on some of the shirts, the stickers, the hats you have, we are talking about how we, you, belong here. You belong here. And so tonight, what I want to do is just talk very briefly about this idea of belonging, Now, this is a word that you've probably heard before if you're anything like me and have ears. So what I want to do for us is go a little deeper with it. And there's two ways that I feel like God desires we belong, two two places I feel like God desires we belong to. The first that we're going to talk about is belonging to him, belonging to God. And then the second is belonging to a church. But first, belonging to God. Now, before we unpack this whole idea What I want to do is just define the word belonging for us as the dictionary defines it. So like I said, you've probably heard this word. You know what it means in theory, but here's what the dictionary has to say. Belonging is a close and intimate relationship. 
close and intimate relationship. Now, sometimes if you're anything like me, when, when we think of belonging, when we think of something we belong to, maybe a group of people that we belong to, we don't really think on that level, on a close and an intimate relationship type of level. When I think close and intimate relationship, I think of maybe me and my family or me and God. And so like we're going to talk about tonight, this is the kind of belonging I believe God desires that we have. You see this word belong, within this word, there there seems to be this idea that we were meant to be in certain places, meant to be around certain people, all for a certain purpose. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. There are lots of places that we can claim we belong on a surface level kind of way. There are a lot of groups that we can claim to belong to, some good, some not so good, on a surface level kind of way. But what if God created us to belong together as the body of Christ? Because like we said last Sunday, we're better together. But before that belonging, I believe God's designed us, like I said, to belong to him. Belonging to God has to take priority in our life. So in terms of belonging to God, it seems to be a common misconception in our culture that if you go to church, if you come every Sunday morning, if you come every, every Sunday evening, maybe if, if you come to the church for like a midweek study on a Wednesday night, if you do all these things, if you come into this physical building, you are automatically in relationship with God. You're automatically a follower of Jesus. But what I'm here to set straight tonight for maybe those one or two people who have that misconception, as I did for a long time, is that there still has to be this commitment to Jesus Christ. There still has to be this time in your life when you say, God, I've been living one way. I've been walking away from you, and it's time I turn around and face you and recognize that you're the only one I need, and I'm committing to follow you with everything I have. I'm here to tell you that, that there has to be a personal commitment and connection to our Father even outside of these church walls. So that's the first place we have to belong to, belonging to God. You see, I believe wholeheartedly that we were meant to be with God, and I think, just maybe, I can prove it to you. So if you have your Bibles or your Bible apps on your phones, go ahead and turn with me to a book called Revelation. It's the last book of the Bible. Revelation 21, just chapter 21. I'm going to read two verses out of Revelation 21. I'll give you a second to turn there. I'm going to flip there. Now, this is the last book of the Bible, and there's actually a lot of debate around it because this book is something we call prophecy. We, we, we call prophecy. And what prophecy is, is basically the guy writing this book, John, he's on an island all by himself towards the end of his life. He's getting ready to die, and the last thing that happens before he dies, the Bible tells us, is that God speaks to him in a vision. God says certain things to him. God shows him certain things that are going to happen in the future. So a lot in this book, including what we're about to read right now here in a second, has not happened yet. So a lot of people at at CIU, for instance, the the Bible college that I go to, a lot of people love to spend hours and hours and hours debating how this is going to look, what certain things mean, because a lot of this is yet to come. A lot of it is futuristic in the future. So verses 3 and 4 are the only ones I want us to focus on in chapter 21. So you can follow along with me if you would like. Here's what John says. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. And he will dwell with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. 
He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death. There will be no more mourning. There will be no more crying. There will be no more pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Now, the key that I want to unpack a little bit is this verse 3. The part about hearing a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. Now, like I said a minute ago, this is something to come. This is something that's going to happen in the future. And essentially what what God is telling John here, what God is showing John, is that there's going to come a day where God is going to be able to allow us to see him face to face. That there's going to come a day where, where our creator is going to be with us right here next to us. Now, the Holy Spirit, when, when we say yes to Jesus, when we start following Jesus, the Holy Spirit enters us and begins to guide our life in certain ways, begins to, to, to convict us of certain wrongdoing, of certain sins that we commit, and shows us the righteous way that God desires that we live during this life, this 80, 90, 100, how many ever years on this earth. But what this passage is telling me is it's giving me something to look forward to. It's giving me something to, to look forward to in terms of God belonging with where I am, and I belonging where God is. That no more is is it going to be God is in me through the Holy Spirit, but I can't physically see him. Instead, what this passage is telling us, very simply, is there's gonna come a day where we can see him face to face. And for all eternity, what John is being told is God wants to dwell with his people. And when I look at Genesis, when people were created, and all the way through the Bible, and now all the way at the very end, in Revelation, what I see as this consistent theme is that God has a certain love for his people that he wants their hearts back. He wants someone in this room's hearts back, heart back that, that maybe has strayed away a little bit. There was a long period in my life where when I said yes to Jesus for about seven years, I walked a very dark path, a very dark path. And I was walking the opposite direction of where God wanted me to go. But then finally, he got a hold of my heart again. And he called me to turn around very clearly. And he got me to where I am right here, right now, and wherever he'll take me in the future. And maybe somebody in here can can relate to that. That in certain areas of your life, you've been convinced that that's where you belong, and that's the only place you belong. That there's no way God can still love me after I did this thing. There's no way God can still love me after years and years and years of disobedience. That's exactly what I felt. But what I've come to realize is that God's love breaks down those walls. God's love goes goes beyond measures that we didn't think it would, that we don't think it could. And what this passage is telling me is that God desires that we return to where we were meant to be. During this life, we were meant to dwell with him and he in us. And what's to come is that we'll be able to see him face to face and be with him forever. Not just temporarily, forever. You see, maybe tonight you desperately need to hear the words that God cares about you. God cares about you. And as we just read, we know exactly how the story ends. God grants us that. He shows us very clearly this is how the story is going to end. I want to be with you. And I want you to be with me for all eternity. God's going to get rid of the tears that you walked in here with. God's going to get rid of the mourning that you walked in here with. God's going to get rid of the death altogether. But but what's key here is verse 3, like we said, that God's final intention is that he be with his people that he created to be with. Those who have committed to live for him, who have said yes to him. 
We'll get to see our creator face to face. And that is what God desires to be with us in that kind of way. I truly believe that. 1 Timothy 2.4 says this, that God wants all people to be saved, all people, and to come to a knowledge of the truth, his truth. God wants all people to be saved, not just the people who have perfect attendance on a Sunday morning, not just the people who have come to programming since they can remember, not missed a beat. God is saying that that God wants all people to be saved. God wants that person to be saved that that has committed that wrongdoing that the whole country knows about. God wants the, 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 the people behind a jail cell right now to be saved. God wants everybody in this room to be saved so that he can be with you. We know how the story ends, and that's where we belong. Well, as I said at the beginning, there's two senses of belonging that I wanted to unpack. The first one was belonging to God. Here's the second one, belonging to a church. Belonging to a church, belonging to a community of people. Now, churches were started in the book of Acts in the New Testament, where people like Paul and Peter, they went around all across that part of the world at that time and told many, many people about Jesus. And what happened was they, they got told about Jesus and then they, they were brought into this community of believers in their area that met together on a weekly, sometimes even daily basis. But there's another church that I want to just highlight real quick because I don't want, us, don't want us to get confused about it. There's a church with a capital C and there's a church with a lowercase c. Now the, the capital C church is kind of like what James talked about last Sunday, the body of Christ, how we're better together. And that's made up of all the believers right now, on the face of the earth, even all the believers back before us, all the believers to come after us, the body of Christ are, are the body of believers in Jesus Christ. That's the big C church, capital C church. And Jesus talks a lot about it in scripture, but the church that we're talking about tonight is lowercase c, a church like Mount Horeb, a church, not the church, a church, belonging to a church. Maybe this is people we see every week, like the people to our right and to our left right now, the people that encourage us, that build us up, that pray for us, et cetera, et cetera. Because the truth is, what I've discovered is that this world is full of different groups of people that we could possibly belong to. Lots of people will end up belonging to a very wrong crowd and not be able to find a way out of it. I'll give you a very clear example. I can go flip on WIS pretty much anytime I want. And what I will probably see a story about within that hour that I'm watching, if I can watch that long, I'm not sure if I can, but what I'll probably see is some sort of story about gang violence, about this people group, this group of people, maybe even my age, maybe even your age, that decided that that is what they wanted. That's what was going to give them the joy they desired. That's where, that's where they felt like they belonged. And what ends up happening is they go down this dark path that gets them put in jail sometimes, gets them arrested, sometimes even, even gets them killed. Now, that's an extreme example, obviously, but I think it's a clear example, too, of different places we can choose to belong. God is giving us a choice. I do not believe God is forcing us to belong to him. I don't think God's forcing us to belong to a church, but he's giving us a choice about where we belong to. I remember very clearly when I was uh, in, in middle school, there were these three dudes that I was best friends with um, all throughout elementary school and all throughout middle school. 
And, um, and I remember so, so clearly that throughout middle school, at my maturity level, I thought this was a healthy thing. I thought this was good. We, we weren't getting in trouble. We were doing the right things, maybe not for the right reasons, but we were doing the right things. And I wasn't super close to God. But then around my uh, junior year of high school, I, I began to see that some of these dudes, all of these dudes, were making very poor decisions with their time. And they were going to get themselves, maybe not arrested, still not doing bad things, still not doing illegal things, but just just the way that their life was headed was just not what I wanted to be a part of. And, and I believe God convicted me, and he helped me make a very bold, hard decision to step out of this friend group that I had been a part of since my elementary school days, a lot of years, that I've developed a really good friendship with, step out knowing that God, maybe, just maybe, you have something better for me on the other side of this. So that's exactly what I did. I stopped associating myself with them. And the next thing that God did was he opened a door at the beginning of my senior year for three other dudes. It was crazy how I was hanging out with these three dudes and he put me right into this other friend group like magically out of nowhere at the beginning of my senior year of these three other dudes. And now these three guys over here that that I was once hanging out with, I thought I was gonna be friends with forever, they kept going down their dark path. But it was almost as if God was telling me, God, I'm, uh, Bryce, I'm taking you somewhere that they can't go. I'm taking you somewhere that, that they can make their own choices, but I believe I have a hold of your heart now. And I'm gonna put you somewhere where you can grow in a healthy way. And so God put me around these three other dudes. That they, every single day, every single day, these dudes challenged me to think deeper in my faith. They asked me, they challenged me in in asking me how much I was reading my Bible, how much I was praying, how much I was talking to God, and what I was spending my downtime doing, and that really got a hold of my heart. God used that in incredible ways, and I will never forget about it. And I wonder how much of that I would miss. I wonder if I'd be standing on this stage right now if I had not made that hard decision to get out of this one friend group because I saw where it was going to take me. And step out of that so that I could step into the next door that God was opening, even though I didn't see it yet. Even though I had no idea where God was going to take me, I trusted him. Even a little bit. I trusted him. And it's almost as if God showed me, this is where you belonged for a temporary amount of time, a short amount of time. But because of the future I have for you, I need you to make the bold choice to see the negative consequences that friendship, those friendships will cause you. And I need you to move over here to the next door that I'm opening for you. And maybe, just maybe, somebody in this room can relate. And maybe tonight you need to hear that wherever you find yourself emotionally, spiritually, mentally, you name it, you are not too far gone from the love of the people in this room, the volunteers, myself, James, Anna, Stal, who is currently not with us, even the students around you, And you're definitely, 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 definitely not too far gone from the love of God, regardless of what this world may have convinced you so far. Because maybe, just maybe, you're you're hearing God say something to you right now during this night, during our worship a few minutes ago, during the fellowship time we had earlier, during the message right now. It's almost as if God is saying to you, child, you belong here. You belong with me here, and you belong here to this church to this body of students. This is where you belong, regardless of what the world may have told you. Because this week at school, you were so convinced that you didn't belong anywhere. You felt like you were outcasted. Nobody loved you. Nobody talked to you. You sat by yourself in every class. You sat by yourself at lunch. 
and you went home and cried yourself to sleep thinking about the fact that I don't belong anywhere and maybe you were even thinking about ending it all. And I'm here to tell you tonight, if that's you, that you belong here. Here being this church, but even bigger outside of these walls, what I believe is you belong to God and there's never gonna come a point in your sin, in your struggle, in your own thoughts, in your frustration, in your anger. There's never gonna come a point where God decides to turn his back on you and walk the other way. Because what we just read in Revelation is that God's desire is that he be with his people for all eternity. And he was willing to go to extreme measures for a chance to get that back. We're about to sing one final song together called Heart of God. If you were here last Sunday, you heard it probably for the first time. It's a pretty new song. And this song is all about God's heart for us, his people. And there's one line in this song that I absolutely love. It says, you remind me I'm a child of God regardless of the things I've done. You remind me I'm a child of God regardless of the things I've done, regardless of the times that I didn't care about you, God, regardless of, of the sin I was stuck in that I felt like I could get out, of my, get out on my own, that I didn't need you, God, regardless of the things I've done, the things I've said, the people I've hurt, the times I didn't care about you and turned my back on you, regardless of the things I've done, you still are reminding me that I am a child of God. That's where I belong. That's where you belong. For that long period of my life, when I was stuck in sin and I was trying to shake myself free from it, and this was like an everyday thing that I was trying to shake myself free from this. I was trying to hide it like I had everything together, but on the inside, I knew I was broken. I knew that I had God at once, but there's no way he still loved me. There's no way. There's no way that I belong anywhere except for where my sin is gonna get me, which is spiritual death. There's no way. And I was chasing so desperately after the things of this world because I didn't feel like there was any reason for me to chase after the creator of this world. I really didn't. And this line has impacted me even thinking back to those days that regardless of the things I've done, regardless of the times I've said no to you face to face, God, you are still here reminding me that I'm your child that you created me for a purpose and my purpose doesn't just have to stop right here. There's never gonna come a point where God decides you're not worth it anymore because about 2,000 years ago, he already decided that once and done when he told his son to do the unthinkable and get on a cross for us and die. God's heart is for every person in this room and every person not in this room, not against them. He wants us, he wants to welcome us back into his family, even though we've strayed far, far away. And the question I had to ask myself in that dark time to get, to allow God to get me out of it was what in my life, God, point out what in my life needs to get out of the way so that you can come invade it, so that you can come sit on the throne of my heart where I've been trying to be for too long. That's exactly what he did. It was a hard thing to realize this in my life is keeping me from truly belonging to God, from truly belonging to the people around me here at Mount Horeb when I was y'all's age that loved me. There was something keeping me from that. And I had to make the bold decision to accept it, realize it, and ask God, plead with God to make a change. 
And frankly, I, I do not believe I would be standing here today or anywhere else that God's gonna take me in, in ministry, in anything in the future. I, I, I believe I would have stopped and given up if God would have given up on me. And there's not gonna come a point where God gives up on you tonight, tomorrow, the next day, the next day. It goes on and on and on and on and on. God is so madly in love with every person in this room and even if at school, in your friend groups, that are maybe not the healthiest, on your sports teams, if there is no other place in your life that you belong, I'm here to tell you that, that, that you belong to God. And because you belong to God, because you are meant to be with God, this room, this church, this place, this ministry is where you belong. This can be a home for you. But like I said at the very beginning of this message, there, there, there has to be a choice. God is offering this to us. God is saying, Here, here's what's on the table. I can take you away from everything you've been struggling with. I can snap my fingers right now and heal you of that pain that, that you felt for so long. But what I am choosing to do is give you a choice. I put my son on the cross and asked him to die, do the unthinkable, to give you a choice. And so as we go into this final song, Heart of God, what I want us to do is reflect upon that. Upon where we stand with God right now. We know where God's heart is for us. But where is our heart for him? Would you pray with me? Father, we are thankful, so thankful, that you've brought us here for a purpose on purpose. We're so thankful for the love that you've displayed for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years for your people. You paid the ultimate price so that we could be sitting in these seats today. And I pray that in light of this choice you give us, you would help us choose exactly what you want us to. I pray that as, as we sing this final song, you would be present in this room. You'd be moving in crazy, crazy ways like we didn't expect, but we are so thankful for it. God, amaze us with your love and remind us that we are a child of God. In Jesus' name we pray.